0: Hello and welcome to He's Dropping Up The Movies I'm Mike And I'm José And we have just seen uh, The Darkest Minds <laughs> Which um, We mentioned on the podcast the other day Because we were looking at what else was at the cinema Playing against uh, Unfriended 2 Yes And uh, it came up as something which I only Suspected was a sort of teenage superhero thing. I know, and as soon
1: as you said teenage superhero, I thought, we must go. (laughs) I love teenage superhero films. (laughs) Um,
0: And, you know, it was pretty much what I expected, I suppose. I mean, it's basically X-Men, but done as, like, a young adult novel. To be honest, I think it's better than that.
1: Like, I mean, the young adult novel, definitely. I love that about the film. Um, I also loved that it's a teen girl's Adult novel, so to speak, yeah, mm. that it's kind of done from a from a teen black girl's point of view, actually. Um, so, so I thought that was all rather wonderful and unexpected. I had no expectations of it at all. Sure. Um, and I was really delighted by it.
0: Uh, so let's just quickly say what it's about. All the kids in America uh, start developing superpowers at very young ages. And it becomes this kind of uh, nationwide crisis a lot of the kids died so i think it's like 90 percent of the kids are said to have died doing this um but those who survive they sub it's, it's kind of an illness and those who survive it develop these powers and they go into one of five categories they're categorized by the government hmm. green blue yellow orange red and there's and they're, they're the, the green ones are smart the blue ones have uh, sort of can move uh, the bl- blue ones can do electricity the yellow ones can do telekinesis or something like that um, so they all have different categories of powers, and orange and red are the most dangerous. Um, and these kids are put rounded up and put into camps. Um, I, I don't know kind of exactly when this film was made, but the the, the parallels of some of the imagery um, to what's been going on in recent months with ICE in America, yes, uh, kids being separated from their parents forcibly um, and, and put into these camps is. Uh, it's It's a general kind of similarity. Um, but it is a similarity nonetheless, and it's quite uncomfortable. and it's quite harsh to see. Actually,
1: I uh, you know when I saw it, oh. it it really because you know there's a whole argument uh, by people like David Borville that you shouldn't read films sociologically. like you know I kind of what is um, uh, this film telling us about American society at the moment. You shouldn't do that because really, kind of, if you look at another film, it's telling you something different. So, mm. you know, how can you generalize? But I find it very difficult to not do that when you see a film like this one. Mm. You know, it was almost the first thing that came to my mind. And not only about ICE, actually, but more generally. Yeah, kind of.
0: Generally in history, about uh, sort of tyrannical regimes separating and rounding people up. and That's right. And, you yeah.
1: know, and separating families and separating children and people, you know, killing people off because... I think to say why are we getting so much of this imagery at this historical moment, right in mm. cinema, is kind of like a legitimate question because you are seeing it kind of, you know, uh, appearing in various ways. And this was very blatant because mm. it was almost at the heart of the film, really. You know?
0: Yeah, and there's also an element of not only rounding people up but also segregating them by uh, categorizing them. You know, That's right. there's like um, in this, it's not so much pejorative in this; they're separated. By their their powers, yes. Um, But the way that they're given colours is not a million miles from kind of pink triangles and yellow stars. Yes. From uh, the Nazis. That's right. Um, Anyway, that's that's the opening to the film, and then um, this girl, uh, uh, she's separated from her parents. She grows up. She manages. She she's an orange, so, so she's the top level, the most lethal. But she manages to keep herself safe. Mm. Um, She has kind of uh, she she has telekinetic and telekinetic um, telepathic powers Mm. uh, that help her sort of pretend that she's a green, so she's benign. One thing leads to another. She's she's broken out, and then she kind of rejoins the world or what's left of the world. When when, now she's sixteen years old, meets a, a gang of other kids who also. Out in the world, trying to survive. Yes, and they—they um, they basically try and make their way through the world. And there's there's the promise of maybe a, a place where kids can be safe, mm. um, which I think is I mean, that's something you see quite like a lot. It's like the
1: promised land, the camp where which is all children with powers who are who have found a haven from this oppressive regime.
0: Yeah, that's something that you see a fair bit in narratives of this sort of That's ilk. right. Um, uh, so yeah, that, that, that's that's the, the setup. I mean, that's that's that's. Um, probably the first act yes <laughs> uh, so I guess spoilers from here on um, I uh, it's in, I, I found the film interesting for the most part but I also was found it quite dull at times you no I didn't find it I didn't find it dull I mean I thought there were
1: moments I, I can understand why um, you know the reviews haven't been great. Uh, So, you know, I think there are kind of moments that are treated a bit predictably, you know, uh, particularly the love scenes, I think, you know, were all a bit cliche, Mm. um, though I really like them anyway. Uh, And I think um, there's something that on the one hand is very conventional in the film. So, you know, kind of these tropes of the teen film are kind of quite conventional. And on the other hand, there's something quite radical about it as well, I think, i.e., you know, it's a film directed by a woman with a black girl's experience and point of view being central to it, mm. right? So even the love story is being told through her point of view, mm. which is kind of, you know, I think, um, I mean, it's not unique, but it's rare enough in cinema to be... To you know, to to be remarked be, upon. To be remarked upon. That's right. Yeah, um, I suppose so. And also, you know, kind of the treatment of the um, love interest. Uh, um, uh, and let me just find his name. It's Harry. Uh, is it Dickinson? I think Harris Dickinson. Harris Dickinson. I don't know. Who, he was absolutely brilliant uh, in a film called Beach Rats. Uh, yeah. You know, which is which is about you know, a young gay man coming out and, uh, uh, you know, kind of meeting people through uh, apps and so on, but having like this whole secret life and being very kind of, you know, tortured. Um, so, you know, and I thought he was very charismatic, uh, but he was the love interest, really. It was like, you know, and, and in a way, the film doesn't objectify as it does some, like he never takes a shirt off or anything like that. Mm. But on the other hand, the film pays attention to the way he looks, the way he acts, you know, what he says, as if it's all, you know, from the girl's point of view on on the boy. I thought that was kind of different and interesting. Yeah, you know, for those reasons. I mean, they're not major differences. They're not kind of, you know, uh, uh, huge things. I mean, in many ways, you know, this is a a teen film about teens with superpowers who do like kind of extraordinary things and. And part of the pleasure is kind of in watching, you know, mm. the superpowers kind of, you know, unfold in in, in action sequences. Um, though I think narratively it is predictable. I mean, for example, oh, yeah. we knew who the villain was going to be immediately, right? Like,
0: Yeah, you know, as, as soon as you see that there's this thing about the president's son yes. and how he was the first to be cured, and then you find out that he wasn't. Yes. Um, and uh, and he's the one running this camp that they eventually managed to get to, this, yes. this, this haven. Not only um, that,
1: but he's imprisoned his dad, so he is de facto the President of the United States. Yeah, but you
0: don't know that when you meet him. No, the, no. The moment that you meet him, I turned. I turn to you. He. He. That's right, he meets the four characters that you've been following, these four kids who've managed to get their way there, and he says something, he knows something about each of them. And mm. I'm thinking, how does he know this stuff? Yes. And so that's the one I turned to you and I said this, I'm very suspicious of this motherfucker. Yes. And but we knew exactly what was going to happen. I said, they're rounding up the kids to kill them all, and he's yes. working with his dad. She wasn't quite true because he's imprisoned his dad. Nonetheless, yes. he's the baddie.
1: I want to talk a little bit about the film's imagery because to me it's kind of, you know, um, you see a lot of images that are very resonant with kind of, you know, a view of America in decline, right? So you see, like, empty malls, hmm. yeah, uh, houses destroyed where no one lives, in them, mm. petrol stations, ghost towns. yeah, ghost towns, you know, water that is undrinkable, right? So you know, it is. It, yeah, it's, it's, the
0: film doesn't have the apocalyptic tone that that suggests, but it is nonetheless. It that's the setting. Yeah, quite interesting. Like there's a kind of there's a there's a kind of hopeful tone in a way. Like these yes. kids are hopeful and they're making their way through. But this, but the setting is apocalyptic.
1: What I want to draw attention to is that. In fact, the film is not apocalyptic. So, you know, what these images do is they kind of, they normalize it. That's just the the way the world is Mm. in a way uh, that is, you know, the the film expects it to be recognizable to people, right? That's the world. So, you know, I mean, it does have an apocalyptic dimension in the sense that, you know, well, I mean, all yeah. these kids are dead and society's broken down. And the question that's not asked is, what happens to a world that doesn't permit children, yeah. that has no children, right? So there is a, an ap- apocalyptic dimension to that. But what I was interested in is that the way that all of this imagery, which is imagery of current America in decline, normalises the film so that, you know, what could have been pushed towards an ap- apocalyptic edge in fact just becomes kind of normalized. It's just the world.
0: Yeah, it's not that alien, a lot of the imagery. Yes. You know, you, you you do see ghost towns and you do see strip malls with that have been abandoned and things like that. Yes. And that's what this film shows. Yes. I so mean, although it's in the context of, of a world that is broken down more than ours has, it's not that different.
1: Yes. Mm. I mean it's like that a wonderful film or well I thought it was wonderful. I don't remember if you thought it was as wonderful. Florida The Florida Project. The Florida Project. I didn't like it as much as you did. Yes you know uh, so kind of you know a lot of those places are like in this movie you know but with more sunshine
0: well that's a, I mean that's the, that's yep. definitely what made me think of the young adult thing is it's just as much as possible they've shot it during sunsets yes you know there's just like that low sun that casts sort of harsh shadows and beautiful orange light and it's all over the fucking film like it actually got quite boring that I mean I found I started to find that really bland and and that's when I started to think yeah, this is a young adult thing, and then it, it was no surprise when I came to the credits and I found out based on the novel by like, such and such yes. a, and it's based on a young adult novel. it is um and
1: and I think that merits um you know some discussion because the central theme of the film or one of the well what let me correct it what I think is the central theme, you might think it's something different. It's so this girl has uh, special powers and one of the powers that she has, she can get into people's minds, she can get them to do what she wants. And one of the things that she can do is erase people's memories. So and one of the things that she did initially by accident, is that she erased her own existence in the minds of her parents,
0: not by accident. She, she, she said that she did it on purpose, but ah. she didn't know what she was doing, really. And, and ah, had okay. she been a bit more mature, she was 10 years old, had she been more mature, she wouldn't have done that. Right. But she did it to protect them.
1: That's right. Which I think is a very resonant theme, you know, both with young girls and kind of, you know, with, with young gay men, yeah? This idea that in order to fit into the world, to make things comfortable for others, right, that you have to erase yourself, that there are these patterns that you know you have to you have to fit or you have to be so this Mm -hmm. this notion of like the erasure or the encasing or you know the limiting of self to please others or to um you know to behave uh in ways that others find acceptable uh uh in order to be in their life which is kind of so so you know there's there's quite um a radical punishment attached to it I, i the idea is that if you don't go through this process of self-erasure, that actually you won't have a place in the family, <laughs> right? So, mm-hmm. you know, the idea here is, you know, so you remove your place from the family and then you end up kind of both erasing yourself and not having a place in the family, you know? So I think kind of the film, that's a really interesting idea in the film, the sense that, you know, you see her visually, she she just disappears, right? She dissolves, yeah, uh, which I thought was kind of, you know, a, a really resonant thing, really.
0: Yeah, and desperately tragic, and it happens again at the end, it's, yes. it's repeated, so she, you, you see her, um, you see her dissolve, from, it, it, it's done through shots, that you've already seen, so her in bed with a mum, or her, uh, you know, uh, sort of getting the present, from her dad, and whatever, and you see these shots again, in flashback, and you see her dissolving, within them, literally, yes. and she's no longer there, in the shot, um, and, and then it happens again at the end of the film because to protect uh, her boyfriend, who to become a boyfriend by this point, the guy that she loves, um, she has to erase herself from his memory. That's right. Um, and it's just... It's the most tragic thing. I mean, I was... It was awful. I didn't want to see it. And, and, I, and in a way, I kind of... I wish it had been a little... Uh, despite the fact it was so tragic, I somehow wanted it to be better still like i didn't feel like it didn't have to happen i mean obviously it's a film in which people have power so you can't feel like well you can write anything you want in a way um it wasn't that it was it was just that it 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 didn't feel maybe it didn't feel built up enough somehow or... i know what you mean
1: i mean i thought because you see i i loved it and you know it's very melodramatic right because she's making this huge sacrifice for his own good but he'll never know right yeah, yeah so it's in a way it's it feels kind like of... it
0: should be more, more melodramatic it feels like it should exactly. be a bigger moment
1: I wanted all the bells and whistles you know yeah. I wanted like a cirque to you know for the music to swell and the leaves
0: to, <laughs> yeah. no, to no, blow no, right like, like I don't want it to be kind of over uh, the top I don't want it to be showy but I wanted it to it, it, it's played with a, a real kind of almost like a low level of drama yes and uh, and it doesn't feel doesn't feel like it sells it enough yes but I wanted more from that but nonetheless it was it was really hard to watch, yeah, that she had to do that, yes, i kind of um i f- i felt so so
1: you know my ba- my baseline point on it is that I liked it very much, though I also think it's not really as good as it could have been. No, I don't know? think it's got
0: enough charm. Yeah. There are montages as well where they go to the strip mall, for instance, uh, the, not the strip mall, but the mall, where it's abandoned and they're, they're picking out clothes and things. Yes. And it's, like, and it's this moment of sort of freedom and liberation that they get to enjoy and there's a music, there's, there's a song going on and you feel like this should be more fun than it is. Actually, I was, I, feeling?
1: I was very fascinated by uh, finding out um, that um, the director, Jennifer U. Nelson worked as a storyboard artist for many, many years. She was a storyboard artist, you know, before she was a director. And you think, how could a storyboard artist design Mm. a sequence as unshowy and inelegant and visually unspectacular as the scene in the mall? Yeah, I agree. You know. um, It feels
0: like it's got all the ingredients and just fails to make anything out of them.
1: Yeah, and kind of it wasn't pulled together. And it's
0: not the only time, but... um, which, which is a shame, and there's, so there's not enough charm in the film. Mm. Um, but I don't think it's the fault of, of the actors, who I think are all good. I think they're all good.
1: I think they also could have been... better. I think they could have been better used somehow. I think they could yes. have been given more to do, in a way. And, and, and some of the things that they were given to do, I think were very dodgy. So, for example, I was very conscious through all of the time um, that they were in the camp... Uh, that Ruby, the young heroine, was wearing heels, mm. and you, and you just think, who made that choice to wear you know high heeled boots in the fucking forest when you're escaping you know mm. from a totalitarian government, right? Like, yeah, yeah. It just, <laughs> I didn't notice to be fair. Well, it just it's just one of those things, yeah. right? Like that you and and I think it's kind of. Relevant because if you let that kind of thing go by, the is just indicative of a kind of laxness and you know, yeah, uh, I guess
0: it feels like something's gone by. But the film pays so much attention to those sort of things, you went, I mean, is it, a, is it a decision? I don't know because it's the film is, is conversant with like with 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 things like kind of white male hegemony and meter and stuff like this. I mean, you have you have near a nearer rape scene in the film, yes. with the, the guy who's in power taking advantage of ruby oh
1: no the film Um, is don't get me wrong the film is very clearly feminist and and also girly right like in the best way Mm. i you know kind of the bonding of the younger girl and you know the older girl together The trying on outfits and the importance you know that having another woman around means to the young girl Mm. you know those are all kind of very deliberately um kind of dramatized right uh so but you know but this thing about high heels, it's like, what kind of a heroine do you want, right? Yeah, because, mm-hmm. you know, she is meant to be, like, an action person. I mean, most of her powers are mental, right? But nonetheless, you know, she is in the forest, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know? So, what? you know, what do the high heels signify? I mean, Jennifer Lawrence doesn't wear high heels in the Hunger Games, right? Like, it's just... Uh,
0: yeah.
1: I kind of... But were they high
0: heels were they just... Kind of boots with a heel. I don't well,
1: know. they were like a three-inch <laughs> heel on a boot. Okay. Right? Like, you know, they were, they were right. clearly a heel. All right. All right, right know? I'm going to go. I'm just... Um, I, mean, I mean, it should
0: If, if she be wearing stilettos, I think I would have noticed. <laughs> it
1: it, it could have been uh, simply uh, that the hero's so tall in comparison that maybe, <laughs> yeah. you know, it could have been something as simple as that. But I think there were... There, you know, there, there, if that's the case, then there are better ways to resolve that kind of problem.
0: Yeah, sure. You know,
1: uh... Because it kind of undermines the figure. It kind of undermines the character, I think, a little bit.
0: Mm. Yeah, no, I, I think that's fair enough. It's funny what you were saying about... Um, it's interesting what you were saying about the image and the idea of, of the girl making herself... erasing herself. Because I think it's it reminds me of The Incredibles, um, where, where the daughter in The Incredibles is that she's like... She's probably 16 as well, or so. Um, and uh, her power is invisibility, and, mm. and and again, that's all about that's all about hiding yourself. Yes, um, and and of course, in the in the Incredibles, it's rendered useful, um, and in this, it's rendered sort of necessary and tragic. Mm. Um, but I think it's I don't I don't think it's an accident. There's a commonality between the two. This idea of of teenage girls being made invisible, um, the kind of I think I think on one hand it's it's it kind of reflects a feeling that maybe you want to be like you don't want like you're you kind of you're nervous about yourself and you don't want to be seen maybe, but also the idea that society would rather not yeah. see you maybe. Well,
1: it's it's a, it's a theme that's very deliberately worked through in the film. So, right, if you remember, first she erases herself from her parents, right? Then she's put in this camp where she actually has to hide who she is. ...in order to survive... Mm-hmm. ...right... ...which is... Yeah, yeah, ...another yeah. form of... Well that's work.
0: it... I mean, ...yeah... ...like she ...she is the most... ...powerful, powerful one there... ...and she, and, and it, that, that... ...you could say... ...it's a kind of... ...it's like when... ...when girls are... ...sort of... ...precocious and smart... ...and whatever they might be... Mm. ...and are... ...encouraged to... ...not express that...
1: ...that's right... ...but you know... ...so... ...there's a thing
0: that... ...she, she has
1: to... ...very consciously... ...erase... ...herself... Mm. ...at camp... ...uh... In order to survive and then there's a moment of liberation where she finally decides to wear that red dress mm. right and that's kind of like a coming out into herself with this group of people right and I think it's, it's so I think this theme is something that you could see threaded through and work through and yeah yeah and kind of highlighted but yeah which I thought was very nice I like that
0: yeah I agree. I agree, actually. I mean, you point out an awful lot of stuff. That I think actually, is film—I didn't think it was a bad film at all, but it—I it, um, felt it was bland, and I, I think that is a fair criticism. I think it is bland, but clearly, there is more depth than I was um, seeing, because I, I, I wasn't really turned on by any of that. But you're right. What I was kind of noticing more was particularly when they got to the camp. I was noticing the, the things about things about segregation and about um, the kind of parallels of racism and that sort of thing. Mm. Um, which, which again, I mean, that's that's really similar to the X Men stories, which are all mm. about that. Um, the, the, there's that great bit where they get to the they get to the the camp, the Haven, and um, and the guy who sort of introduces them there says, uh, "There's no segregation here because in in the in the, the government run camp where she was kept for six years, they are literally segregated by color." Mm. Um, And in this camp, everyone's intermingled and everyone's moving around together. And the guy says, there's no segregation here. We respect each other's differences, but we're all the same. Which is just like the sentence that sums up the perfect view of what humanity could be. Yes, yes. You know, respecting each other's differences, but um, treating everyone equally.
1: Yes. I want to highlight also, um, in in relation to, you know, this thing about, um, you know, being a teenage girl and... um, also the way that the sex is treated, Mm. right? So she's in love, uh, he's in love with her, you know, but they can't have sex. Yeah, they can't touch, right? Yeah, because when Uh, she touches him, she gets
0: into his head, she can't control her power.
1: That's right. And then actually part of learning to control her power is, you know, this letting this guy into her head who in fact does a few the president's things. son. Yes. Yeah. But you know, she wakes up and he's on top of her, raping her. Mm. Right. So I think there are kind of like interesting attitudes, kind of being metaphorically expressed about, you know, sexuality and teen sexuality and love and yeah, kind of. Um, yeah, it's a film that's kind of very scared of touching.
0: Yeah, it's terribly chaste, isn't it? Yes. It's a twelve A.
1: Yes. You feel like, <laughs> I mean, I'd, you think it would go well with like Christian groups. It's a little bit. It's a <laughs> li- it, well, it's a little bit like Twilight. Yeah. Yeah. In the sense that, like, you know, here this couple madly in love, but actually because of you know his or who he is and who she is, you know, they can't touch in case they get out of control. <laughs> I mean, that is like a metaphor for, sure, yeah. you know the purity movement or something. And this is not quite like that, though it has a soup song of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, certainly she's terrified of touching him because because she can't control her powers, but also because, like, it would... It would kind of thrust them into such a level of intimacy that, that, that they don't want or that she's not ready for, because yes. because then touching him means seeing his past, getting into his head un- unstoppably, yes. and that's like so just like the lightest brush of of skin on skin brings up brings out this entire <laughs> sort of connection between them that they wouldn't be able, there would be way too much.
1: I was a bit disappointed in how they handled the last set piece as well. Right, because, you know, here she is, Ruby. She's the star. Yeah, she's the most powerful person of them all. It's true that her powers are kind of internal, right? But so are Gene Grays in The X-Men or something, right? There's a way that the film could have been dazzling about externally, externalizing that and showing us this really, you know, powerful young girl in action, mm. right? Which it really backs, backs down from. And I thought the film also missed an opportunity in showing the couple in action together. Mm. So, you know, something that would have made the loss, the subsequent loss, you know, all the more poignant. Right, so I think kind of those things were really... uh, The film is
0: visually completely unspectacular. Yeah. I don't think there's a memorable image, you know. I mean, the the best images are those which you've seen in countless other films, really. Things of, like, the kids kind of just walking down the streets. Yeah. In, like, the countryside at, 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 at sort of dusk beautiful but not special no and actually
1: i think they the film also missed moments so you know there's that lovely moment where he asks her to dance and she's shy and because he's got these powers he just kind of curls his finger and she comes floating on to (laughs) dance with him I mean, that could have been so beautiful. Yeah, you know, you could have you could have made that visually magic and yeah. emotionally like
0: the idea was ex- lovely, but it could have been. More yeah, the idea was execution. lovely.
1: The execution was banal, mm. right? So, although
0: actually, I'll go I'll go back slightly. There are memorable images in the what we've discussed already about um, uh, Ruby erasing herself from memories. Yes, those are great images. Actually, I think those images really work, and they are quite special in this.
1: Yes. Um, it's it's an odd film because you know in so many ways I liked it better than the Hunger Games and um, Di- the Divergence series, um, but it's it just lacks th- the gloss and the excitement of those films, hmm. you know. And actually, also obviously, um, both uh, Jennifer Lawrence and is it Cheyenne Woodley? I don't know who's in a okay, Divergent. Seen it. Um, you know they—they're. Oh, is it Shailene Woodley? Shailene Woodley, yeah. Okay. Um, you know they, they kind of ground their characters in, you know, uh, an emotional kind of rawness that you can connect with and understand. Mm. That I think uh, is not quite the case in
0: this film. I felt really bad for the for the young girl who plays the young ten uh, year old Ruby. Yes. In this, because. I think... She was lovely, though. She was lovely, and I think she does a really good job. And she gets the whole opening of the film, yeah. which is where this tragedy, tragedy, this crisis strikes America, and kids are dying all over the place, and it's her 10th birthday, and her parents are really worried about her, and she's going, you don't have to worry. And then you know, it hits, and and uh, her powers develop all of a sudden, um, and then in, in this kind of mass confusion... Uh you know she goes to see her mum, her mum doesn't know who she is. You don't know at that point it's because she's raised herself. It's very confusing mm. um you're just as confused as, as as the young Ruby is um and she's taken by the cDC and she's taken to this camp and then she gets stuck in there and she has to she she nearly killed by a doctor who discovers she's an orange she manages to protect herself. She gets this whole opening I mean that's all before the mm. title comes up. Um, and then once the title comes up, then you go to six years later, and it's sixteen-year-old uh, Ruby. Yeah. And I just felt so bad for the girl, like like she, that she didn't get the rest of the film as well uh, uh, <laughs> because she was so good, she earned it. I thought, uh, you know.
1: Well, I think the, I think the uh, uh, the actress who plays Ruby, uh, Amanda Sternberg, is also very good. Yeah, she is. Um, but I, the person I felt sorry for is is uh, is Maya uh, Sek, Sek uh, who plays Zoo. Check.
0: I, I, well,
1: okay. check. Well, that's how you say Petr Czech's name. Okay, so check. <laughs> uh, Maya Check. I felt sorry for her because you know there were entire shots where there meant to be a gang of four, and I thought this was also kind of a bit typical of the carelessness of of the filmmakers. So you have a cast of four, and you put this like three foot little girl in the back, mm. right in front of like this six foot tall. Hero, yeah, Yeah. like so, you just don't see her. I thought that's terrible. They could have put her in front,
0: yeah, you know, and she has no dialogue at all. Yeah, and and I thought there, there is something, there is something uncomfortable about the idea of like the silent sort of Oriental. Girl who's sort of mysterious and has this power. She she wears these she wears marigolds it's because a she can't. Yeah. it really feels like that, and it feels very uncomfortable. Yes. I didn't like it. And actually, and to be fair, when she when she has stuff to do and she's on camera, she's fantastic. I really liked her and her connection with Amanda uh, Amanda Sternberg is great. Yes. Um, but the, I, the, yeah, Um the
1: the director is South Korean. I understand. So, um you know, <laughs> uh, um, it's... I feel like there should have been an awareness of. Yeah, I yeah. Anyway, was it. You know, I, I, I'm not, I don't want to extrapolate too much, but certainly visually, in a lot of the shots where the four of them were meant to be together, I thought there was an unkindness to the young girl, you know, because it, it just, uh, the composition of the shots, the the placing of the people within the shot, rendered her invisible in ways that were completely unnecessary.
0: Mm. Yeah, and you're right, that's just, that's just carelessness. Yeah, uh, so... Um. Lydia Jewett is the name of the girl who plays young Ruby in the opening scene. Okay, she was lovely. She's great. I thought that was good. I felt that for her. So, shall we wrap up? Yeah, anything else to say?
1: No, I I, I mean, I would urge people to see it, though maybe, you know.
0: uh, um, Well, kind of guardedly, but there are things in that. Well, I mean, what I would say is that i i found it pretty bland although i kind of wanted to know what would happen and the, and there are that opening is fantastic mm. um and then when the kind of when the when the government evil comes in back towards the end as well and then leads up to that tragic ending i think that's really good in between i found very bland but clearly like there is a way of watching these films, it's searching for sort of visual metaphor and things that I was just not in tune with because you brought up an awful lot of stuff that I hadn't thought about at all, mm. which is clearly being dealt with by the film.
1: Yes. Well, my, my view on all of this is the film is not great, but actually I think it is kind of like a fascinating exercise. And also, you know, people are moaning and moaning and moaning about there's not enough women in film and there's not enough female directors and women don't get the roles and, you know, black people don't get the roles. Well, here's a film directed by a woman about a young heroine and the young heroine is black. And actually, it's one of those films that demonstrates, I think, absolutely that women making film makes a difference. You see different things and you see them in slightly different ways. And actually, this is a film in which you can actually point to quite a lot of those ways. Uh, uh, and I think it's you know, very much worth seeing for that. I can't think of another, you know... Um, Since Twilight. But if you remember, with Twilight, is Catherine Hardwick did such a great job on the first one, and then they got all these guys to uh-huh. do the the sequels for more, you know, yeah. for more. They didn't trust the the series to the to the person who'd made it successful. It was an outrage, I thought. Um, so it's it's a it's a, a woman filmmaker directing a story with a central female character, and uh, the central female character is black. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Uh, um, there's all kinds of interesting things, I think, that result from that. And it's worth seeing for those reasons, I think. Yeah. Merci beaucoup. <laughs> we are <laughs> eavesdropping at the movies. We are on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Yeah, well done. I have lost problem. my marbles yet.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Slowly, they're slowly going. They're slowly being erased. <laughs> Uh,
1: thank you very much for listening
0: bye bye